You're listening to Welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on life, career, family, love, and all the good things, clean modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. We're back for episode 13. Thank you guys for sticking with me. Um, I skipped last week, you guys, because I, I was doing some self-care. I was endlessly ill. It literally came back. I had two rounds of the same stupid cold. So um, I'm really, really happy to be back. And I have a really special guest that I want to introduce. She's an incredible actress, incredible friend, and human being. Miss Kate Bidwell. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I am so excited to be here. Really yeah. Happy. She's here in my new condo, which is kind of, I'm going through a hellish ordeal right now, which we're commiserating on because Kate's a new homeowner too. I am. It's, it's ongoing. The unpacking never really ends. <laughs> the paperwork and the understanding how everything works stuff. It, the HOAs alone are a nightmare in itself. I'm wondering how much I can talk shit. <laughs> like I think it'd take legal action against me. I mean, just change the names to save the guilty parties. For sure, yeah. But um, you know, people need to know. It's a lot of information. It, you know, it, it's kind of like things they teach you in high school. They, they teach you all the wrong things. Like they want to sure. teach you like the Pythagorean theorem and things that you'll never actually use. But like they didn't teach you how to balance checkbook or how to deal with people to get car loans. Or, right, your or credit to, line and what that even means yeah. or how to del- or how to you know interact with HOA associations and right. people with very different viewpoints than and low you. standards of what it means to be a decent human being okay so anyway, we'll, anyway no we'll talk about that um <laughs> but I'm so excited to have you here Kate and uh, we have a feature topic for this week and we want to talk about body image something sure. very you know near and dear to all of our hearts whether whoever you are I mean I think this is a very important topic to talk about so we have our feature topic. And for if you're a new listener to, first of all, welcome. Um, I hope that you'll enjoy this episode. We have a featured topic and featured guests most of the episodes. I've gone rogue and I've done my own solo podcast on d- different stories that I want to share with the universe. Um, but for the most part, we have our featured topic. Then we'll take a little time at the end for a segment called IMO, in my opinion, where my guest and I can give our unsolicited, well, no, solicited advice um, on, a, on a topic brought up by one of our listeners. So we do have an IMO segment today. I'm really excited about that. Um, but for first of all, let's just jump into body image. Sure. Okay. So Kate, you and I are both actresses. Mm-hmm. We're both professional women. Mm-hmm. We both worked, you know, ex- a lot of different jobs and we're just, we're people, right? Yeah. Um, but in the industry that we work in, obviously we're seeing ourselves on camera a lot. So body image is a very top of the mind issue, mm-hmm. but I don't, I just don't feel like there's that big of a difference being an actress and just being a normal woman. It's, it's, it is a little different because a little different. it's so funny because, you know, when you're saying like, we're just people, it's, it's something that actually rubs me kind of the, the wrong way. Cause with all those car commercials that have been coming out recently where they say real people, not actors, I'm like, motherfucker, I am a real person. <laughs> 
like I happen to be an actor. I don't understand like it's like the big subtitle at the bottom. Right, like, right, 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 people, right. Not actors. It's like what am I chopped liver? Am I? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, we're just you know set pieces that we're talk pu- we're, pu- we're puppets. Or, yeah. We're living um, Pinocchios or whatever. Yeah, especially in commercials where you're not as important as the product you are pushing. Um, right. But when, yeah, but when it comes to body image, it's it's so hard because it's so funny because you and I have. Com- two completely different body types. I'm, I'm taller than you. I'm, I'm much bigger than you, which has been hard for me in my career because we, I, we're always told as actresses and as actors, like not even just women, like men are told the same thing too, that it's, you're too this, you're yeah, too just critiqued. that. Yeah. You're like, I was always like for the last couple of years, I've been put in a box that I never thought I'd be put in, mm-hmm. which is, I was, I was always told that I was really overweight and I was, um, are you I was, yeah, me? like that I was, that I was, um, that I was always kind of classified as like the funny fat friend. Like have people said that to your face? Oh oh yeah. I, um, I used to have an agent who, uh, before we parted ways, he had sent me out to an audition where the, and it's like, you know, just as, as a disclaimer, like I'm never going to say any like my former agent's name or like that. But, um, but I remember all of the casting offices that, that have these, um, submissions and what they describe yeah. as the taglines. Yeah. Um, but I remember one very specifically where it was like the descriptor was fleshy. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Which like is almost like on par with like the word moist in my opinion. It's just I like, hate that word. it just seems, uh, it just seems like. It's just icky. Yeah, it's icky. It's icky. So I remember it being like fleshy. You know that girl who's just carrying a few too many pounds that can't quite seem to get her shit together. It was like something along the They're lines equi- of that. Oh wow! And so it was one of these things where, like, you know, I had shoulder surgery a few years ago. I sat around and I ate cupcakes and I felt really bad for myself while I was recovering from the surgery for like a couple months and I put on a few pounds. But I show up at this casting and I'm probably, I'm probably the, the lightest person there by like 110 pounds. And the casting director takes one look at me. They're like, who are you? Who are you reading for? Are you here? And I'm like, I'm reading for, uh, you know, Jane. And they're like, uh, don't have you belong here. Hold on one second. And they go in and then they bring out the casting director. They're like, um, you're wasting your time and our time. You need to have a conversation with your agent. And, wow. And it's just like one of these things where we all have different, we see ourselves differently than other people see that, see us. For sure. And it's like, and if you don't have that. Again, it's like the the specific world of, of the acting world that you and I inhabit is a very, you know, knowing your casting, right? Mm-hmm. And knowing how you will most likely just, it's like data that you keep gathering mm-hmm. of like how people will scrutinize you, how they're going to like give you a once over and assess you. Right. And Definitely. like, Okay, so kind of to backtrack. So I mean, that's 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 its own thing. Yeah. Um, first of all, I've just I, I just want to kind of preface this whole thing with I've I still I mean I'm in my 30s and mm-hmm. I still I've made ginormous strides since um, even like a few years ago. I'd say really after I turned 30, a lot of things turned around for me, mm-hmm. but I still very much struggle with being on camera the way that I look. I just want to preface, like, it's been, for me, it has actually, like, again, you never know what's going on inside a person's head. But for me, like, straight up, I've had body issues my entire freaking life. Like, as far back as I can remember. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny because 
there are people out there who will say things and you say things like, and it's in a very like sweet supportive manner, like you're gorgeous or like how X, Y, Z, like, you know, people have said so many different things to reassure me that anything that's in my head is like kind of crazy or ridiculous. But Mm -hmm. in my head, my body image of myself has always been, it's not just about weight, although weight has been a very big issue for me. Mm -hmm. Um, in my head, it's like my features and like, I'm Korean. So like, I literally, I'm going to do another podcast to talk about Korean surgery, like plastic surgery, because we are the most rampant there. It's, it's the highest rate of plastic surgery in the world. And they barely ever talk about it. Like I, in my opinion, like it just seems like, so all this like body image has been one of the biggest like banes of my existence for as long as I can live as it, I've lived, you know, it's really hard, especially, I mean, like I, I, I've never been to Korea. I can only imagine what it's like over there to mm-hmm. have all these bombardments of advertisements and like what is considered beautiful. Cause it's, it is a completely, a completely different, um, right. ide- ideology of beauty. It's like, you know, I'm and everywhere you go, everywhere you go. It's, you know, here in America, it's, you know, I was tortured as a child. Like to give you guys an idea, unless you guys want to like look me up on IMDb. Please do look her up because she's amazing. Look at what I look like to give you like she's an idea. Gorgeous. (laughs) To give you an idea, I'm I'm very Irish looking. I'm I'm very pale. I'm very white. I have a lot of freckles. Um, I like right now my hair is like blondish red. I love Um, because I became accidental red, Uh, (laughs) accidental blonde. But um, but I was tortured as a child about being very pale. Like Mm -hmm. I'm from the Pittsburgh area. There's very little UV that happens. (laughs) I didn't just doesn't really, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't exposed to a lot of sun. I go from white to red to pink to white. If I get sunburned, there's no tanning involved, but it's like, cause in America for the, like when we were growing up, it was like, Oh my God, you have to have a beautiful bronze tan and you have to have like this color hair and like, and like, but it's like, it was being tan, but like in Asia, it's like, it's all about being, being white, pale, being pale. So it's people like, have come up to me and said to my friend, cause I have freckles too. Yeah. And I got them from my mom and I love them now, yeah. but I used to hate them. And I used to think that they were like a defect. And there are people that had come up to me at a young age when they're like, you know, you can get rid of those. You know, there's like a cream and there's like a procedure. Girls, I've grown up with girls who get them lasered off. I've like any more freckles lasered off. Have you? I had a couple of big ones, um, like darker ones that were kind of pulling focus, I guess. Okay. Like, and someone mentioned to me a few years ago and I got them lasered off and like, See, here's I, the, I regret it. Well, that's but. the thing. See, that's the thing. And like, I'm trying to wrap my head around all of this too, because you know, as we age, right. And mm-hmm. it's gonna, it's, we're getting older. And so it's, it's, it's this equal part of like, I'm accepting who I am, but also like, you just have no fucks left to give. So you're kind yeah. of just like, you know what? After I nurse a few children, I might need a boob lift. So that's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to feel no, at that yeah. point. But like, so I'm not, I'm not here to like judge. It's just kind of yeah. like, I want to go a little bit more meta because yeah, because why it's this obsession and you, you talk about it and it's totally relevant that there are, there's this bombardment. Absolutely. It's, it's everywhere. It's lunatic crazy in Korea. It's just because they have so many products and their yeah. skincare stuff is amazing. But I mean, they're selling stuff at you. I mean, half my products are all Korean. But like, but in America too, though, like whether, you know, it's TV yeah. and like every magazine and every advertisement and every beauty product mm-hmm. and capitalism is always trying to kind of sell you on this idea of lesser than, which, you know, we've come a long way in terms of like being body positive. Totally. But at the same time, and I do feel like there is a, a, an egregious 
excess on women in terms of like having to live up to certain beauty standards. Mm-hmm. Like I see it even on like these bullshit shows of when you're like watching procedural TV shows, like random dramas like CSI or something. Every woman on the screen looks like she walked out of like maybe like a Macy's catalog, yeah. right? But all the guys look, you know, there's a variety of men. They can look however they want. They can look short. They can look tall. They can look yeah. fat. They can look skinny. There's just like a variety of normal humans, yeah. but the women all have to, have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. And, but the only it's women, great. the only women who aren't are like the schlubby, like it's like you're either like the Macy's model or you're, you know, 500 pounds or schlubby or, you know, like you're the janitor or something right. like that. It's, it is, it is a, an intense disconnect, but, but you're right. There's like this bombardment of just in like TV advertisements. It's like America, we still do advertisements where everything's glossed over and everything's mm-hmm. like, you know, photoshopped. And, and I think in Britain, it's illegal. Like they really they have to, they have to do um, like if you do like a mascara campaign, you can't because over here they'll add like false eyelashes and they'll add digital eyelashes to make everything look perfect. Right. Wherein I think in England you have to like you have to use you the have real to use the actual stuff. Damn. Which is, they got long on that. I wish that I think that I think that so I think that that was like well it's becoming a movement that. of the like no retouching thing. Yeah, it, but it's like you know you were saying that it's like this everyone feels to have to have like this one image of of beauty, but it's like we it's. As shitty as the world is right now, it's like mm-hmm. as as crap hell in a handbasket as we are. It's we're kind of in a weird disconnect because we've never had better TV, but it's also like yeah. horrible. Yeah, but it's also we're like going on Insta. I was going on Instagram before um, I came over, and there is like a huge body positivity. Um, you know, movement that's happening, but it's some people, it gets skewed for some people, but so there's, there's a lot more talk of body positivity than there's ever been mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. which is great. But, um, but everyone has a lot of opinions on it and right. everyone always thinks that they're, they're right about right. it. Right. Um, I just read an article yesterday about how, why overweight women are called plus size, but, but overweight men are just overweight. Interesting. And about about how plus-size women shouldn't be expected to date plus-size men if they're not into it, but at the same time, they can't be expected to have, like, fit men be interested back into them unless it's, like, it was, like, this whole thing where, like, someone had written this article and then someone else is, like, no. I'm going to write this article, like shaming this article. And it's just like this whole, well, they're also just trying to get clicks, you know what I mean? And so it's just, it's, it's a really fascinating thing to kind of see where we've come at this digital age. And again, this is like, I hardly feel like we could cram all this into any sort of like (laughs) half hour, hour conversation. This is going to, this is a long standing conversation, but I have a question for you in terms of, you know, how do you, where do you feel like it was the most intensely bad? And then how do you feel like, you know, you've come out of that. Like, was it your teenager? Like, I feel like middle school is just, it's an awful time. Mm -hmm. You just, it's like the peak, not, well, you're kind of like on this really, like, maybe it's the most, I'm like thinking of like a graph. Maybe it's the most intense (laughs) incline. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not that it like, it peaks there and it stops. No, you keep going. (laughs) Like, just wait till it's like wedding season. But like, (laughs) but you know, it's like, it's kind of like you went from being this innocent child, maybe Mm -hmm. who, had some things here and there, you know, you want to be pretty and stuff. Like, yeah, I was told, uh, talked to you about plastic surgery since I was eight. Like, oh, damn. My grandma brought up, like, the, my, my eyes would be so pretty if I just got the double eyelid surgery. 
that's my life. So I was very aware and like, mm-hmm. they're always just praising my cousin cause she's taller, skinnier and like just longer, more elegant than me. Yeah. And I was very aware of that since a young age, but like, was it, when was that, when was your time when things kind of just got really suddenly insecure or like awkward or self-conscious? That's, um, it's so funny because I feel like I've had a different, like, weird journey uh-huh. than a lot of people. Like, I remember the first time, like, weight was brought into something was I had come home from school and my grandmother, um, my mom always gave me, like, a snack after school and I wanted these, like, she always gave me two of these Snackwell Devil's Food cookies okay. that are, like, you know, the diet cookies or whatever. And I remember asking, my grandmother had me after school one day and I said, I wanted these cookies. And she's like, why don't you just wait till dinner, honey? Like, you know, why do you need a snack right now? It's like dinner is only like in two hours. I'm like, cause I'm hungry now. She's like, why don't you just wait? And I remember it was like one of these things where like, I felt bad for asking for food and it's like, and she never really, you know, kept going into that. But it's like, I, I remember, I was very lucky. I I was um I'm almost five eight mm-hmm. and I was five eight at age eleven. And wow. so what? Yeah. I was very tall. I uh-huh. was a I, I was an early bloomer. Yeah. And the basketball coach in my town was like, Oh my gosh, she's, <laughs> she's gonna be huge. Gold score. And you know my brother, my brother is six foot seven, so your brother is, is so tall. Gigantic. Yeah. So everyone's just like, She's gonna be huge and I just never grew anymore. But um but because of it I I was like a local model in Pittsburgh. I modeled for like Macy's and Kaufman. I guess Kaufman's is kind of like our Macy's for like the Pittsburgh area. Got it. But then I, you know, I filled out and I wasn't like the model kind of build anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, like in middle school and you're saying like, it's just like, everyone's just like, there's so many hormones and everything's going on. It's like, I was probably the calmest I'd ever been as uh-huh. a teenager. I used to come to school wearing like wigs. I'm, I still love wigs. It's like, I'm, I love this. I'm I love weird, learning about this. About I'm a you. weird theater kid. Like I always, I'd come in with like a blonde wig one day and I'd come in with like a little red page boy the next day. And my, my dad actually always commended me on it. He's like, you know, when everyone wants to be the same as a teenager, you're like coming in like, you know, with just like a crazy person. And like, I couldn't have cared. I couldn't have cared less if I tried as That's a teenager, awesome. but it was somewhere like around high school was when I was like, like I, I guess I was called like lovingly by my friends, curvaceous Kate. Okay. Where, but I mean, but they say it like out of love, like yeah. my friends, my friends, my one friend during her wedding, um, I think it was last year or two years ago, she actually like found this old photo of me and she's like, this is like the birth of curvaceous Kate. And I was, I was like, actually now I look back, I'm still skinny as fuck, but it's, just, <laughs> it's one of these things that's like, if I could go back to that, to that high schooler and be like, bitch, you skinny as fuck. Like just live your life, girl. Do you, <laughs> do you, do you girl. Love you, yourself. You beautiful. Like stay golden pony boy. Oh but my it's, God. <laughs> it's one of these things where like looking back, like I was always told I was like, I was Zoftig. I was, you know, like curvy or whatever. Uh-huh. And, uh, but I remember like my, my dad has been the person who's like kind of hypercritical the most. Uh-huh. And he always was telling me like, in college or in, high, or in high school, he's like, you know, if you just lost like seven more pounds, you'd be a movie star. And it's, but it's like, my dad's always been obsessed with weight. And it looks like my grandmother was the same way. His mom was yeah. the same way where she like gave birth to my father. And then like, she instantly like started wrapping her stomach in like those old, like, you know, tight yeah. things. So yeah. for whatever reason, like, cause my, my grandmother comes, comes from stock where they were all very like tall and slender and equine looking. And then mm-hmm. my dad's dad is uh, a Bidwell and they're kind of more built 
heartily. Heartily. Hearty. is a good way. Hearty stock. We're, we're more athletic. Yeah. And uh, I remember I got really into like fitness a couple years ago before my shoulder surgery. And I had been doing like a bunch of squats and lunges. And I was yeah. like really fit. Like, and I came home and I was wearing those tight, um, like Nike compression, like athletic, like running pants. Fun times. Yeah. Yeah. I came home and I turned on the light to give my dad a hug and he's like, Holy shit. I'm like, (laughs) what? He's like, turn around. And I'm like, what was happening? He's like, what have you been doing? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I've been doing like a lot of squats. He's like, you've got the ass of an Olympic speed skater. Like you need to cool it on the squats and I'm like and it's like for the first time he's like you're too at you're too you're too fit and I'm like Jesus I'm too fat I'm seriously too fit. Though, like, and then that's that's just like it's so crazy because like okay and see, and this is what I'm saying like our our origin stories of like how we got to where we are in terms of where did the where did the obsessions or the insecurities or the whatever you know it's commentary and it's coming from all these other people mm-hmm. mine did come from my dad my grandma my mom never Really, mm-hmm. she comments now because I look so haggard because I'm stressed and tired. She's like, well, "You just want to put on some makeup, you know?" Like she said, "That's yeah. the but that's the worst of it, you know." And then, yeah. but my dad was it's gentle, it's gentle, and I'm like, "I know, leave me alone." Like the yeah. worst, I always get it's like, "God, you look so tired." I'm like, "If you just say that one more time." Well, but, people, if people knew, yeah, how much crap you do a day, <laughs> like. For those of you who don't know Minji, she is like the busiest woman I know. I just like every once in a while, I just need to like text her to be like, you need to calm down. Like take out, take out two things of your schedule. It's like Coco Chanel with like your jewelry. Yeah. It's like, just remove two things. Just, okay. Okay. And it's a good reminder. This is why I have my good friends who like keep me in check. No, but you, you're so busy and it's, but it's, but it's, you know, and, but again, and it's kind of like what the commentary is, who it comes from and then at what time, right? Because every, like you said, you, you mature. I went through puberty really young too. I went through puberty before most, almost all my friends. Mm-hmm. I went through puberty like on the cusp of nine, ten years old. Yeah. So I got boobs before everybody did. I was the tallest in my class. I, I didn't see any issue with that, but I also wasn't properly educated on that stuff. No one in my family ever talked about my body changing. It just happened naturally. And you pick things up as a child. You're not stupid. You walk around, there's adults with large breasts and curvy bodies, and you're just like, oh, this is part of that change. Mm-hmm. And then I've learned so much about how they're, they're young kids who don't get any sex education whatsoever, which is just bizarre to me. Um, But like, just there's so many changes that you go through as a young person. And so like, I always just kind of grew up thinking I was a troll because my my dad and my brother always made fun of me. Mm -hmm. A, because my dad is a ball buster. That's just how he loves on people is to give them shit. And so he, but to do that to your daughter when she's three turning four Mm -hmm. and you tell her that she's never going to be as pretty as your mom, which like, he was just trying to like, it's his jerk. What, you know, he's just trying to like love on my mom to like, you know, no mom's prettier. And I remember the moment he said that to me and it ruined me and I was just like my dad thinks I'm so ugly that's what I like remember thinking he never meant to hurt me he was not trying to be mean but it stuck with me forever and then my brother compounded that by like reinforcing a lot of other things my brother's one of my best friends he's my hero I love him I'm writing a movie about him but you know he's a big (laughs) brother and he's just like you're fat you're ugly you're stupid all the things you know yeah. So it's just for me, like starting at a very young age, I was very self-conscious about my looks. And then that just became a different thing because then I was like, okay, well then I guess I got to be smart. And I guess I got to like get along with, you know, like I found other attributes to like work on because I was like, I don't got looks going for me. I got to work on other stuff. But like as, as a woman, like I just feel like it's, 
I know to a degree, it's a normal part of just being a human. Like we want to be attractive and feel confident, right? So that's always just going to be a struggle. But the extent to which it was like an obsession, that's where Mm -hmm. I feel like it gets into like mental health issue, borderline category, you know? Yeah. And so you're saying like for you, it wasn't until you were like an adult and like you went through more physical ailments that prevented you from being able to be active and like it really changed your own perception. Yeah. It's like, you know, when I came home from college and I, you know, I never, I don't think, I actually think I did like the reverse in my freshman year. I like lost way too much weight because Uh I had a terrible diet. I was on the vodka diet. Very nice. Um, There's classic one. Yeah. Go Bama, roll tide. Uh, (laughs) I loved, I loved the Todd and I loved, uh, loved, you know, having a good time. But, um, but it's like, I came home and, but yeah, it it was one of these things where I would be like, my dad would always make comments and I would, and I would like, I was like, going and eating food in my car and then I would throw away the wrappers at like a grocery st- at like a gas station so really? that no one would find stuff and it's but yeah it's one of these things where you know I've been on as like m- most women we've we've been like bombarded with like a million diets right and it's like I'll if I start if I'm on a diet and I like decide to have like a cheat day mm-hmm. I'll you know I'll get like side eye from like my boyfriend or you know my brother will like look and be like there, like what's on there and it's like and it's like they don't mean they mean to be helpful. Right. But it's hard because, you know, it's, but yeah, it's, it's like the limitations. It's, it's, it's harder. It's always harder to take it off than it is to put it on. But, but yeah, when you have like a, an accident or some kind of, um, physical limitation with like me, I couldn't get full rotation in my shoulder for almost a year and a half because I, I ran out of physical therapy, um, you know, vouchers from insurance. And I was starting to have to like pay out of pocket for, uh, to do more physical therapy. And like, I wasn't good at doing, uh, my exercises at home, which is what you're supposed to do. I know that life. Lower, yeah. lower back problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's so hard to fix those. And when you, when you hurt, you don't have and you're not mobile. Yeah. yeah. The motivation to do anything. And then you're like, you know, what'll make me feel better. A cheesecake, <laughs> an entire cheese, flaming hot Cheetos from this thing. <laughs> But it's, I, yeah. I, I totally feel you. And I, and I just think it's a very ongoing journey and, you know, I don't, it's not to make this a whole complaint session or anything no. like that, but it's real though. And I, I want to, I guess the reason why I talk about the things that I do on this podcast is to kind of make space to make it okay for myself really mm-hmm. to be able to process things. I'm so grateful because I have so many great friends that I can talk about this so openly with and be very vulnerable. But I know that a lot of people don't, you know, we look to a lot of different arenas for for some sense of like validation mm-hmm. saying, you know, I'm not a freak for thinking or feeling this way. Mm-hmm. I've gone through so many different versions of all the different diets. I have done a lot of research on like my body type because I I love exercising. Like I actually mm-hmm. re- really hate it. I couldn't move, but after I started exercising, I really loved the endorphin rush. I mm-hmm. like sweating because it feels like you really accomplished something. Mm-hmm. But I've gone through the waves of like I've worked out and I've and again, I've been unhealthy about it. That's the issue is like, I would go to extreme or I would go so hard and not rest, or I would go so hard and not stretch. And like, I was injuring, injuring myself. myself, like my IT band freaking hurt, man. I yeah. couldn't even walk. And 
honestly, there's a lot of different reasons why, but at the core of it, it was like a vanity thing. It was a uh, trying to alleviate this girl that always looked at herself as this kind of like chubby, ugly girl. Mm-hmm. That was my self perception. That was my body dysmorphia. It was whatever. And it's still a struggle to this day to be able to look in the mirror and say like, damn girl, you know, you're beautiful. Yeah. I love you just as you are. That's the goal. That's what I want to do. Is that something, is that something that you do to yourself a lot where you talk to yourself and you remind yourself like how amazing you are as a a human being? I'm trying, but like I'm trying and it's a little bit of fake it till you make it right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's getting more natural for sure. I mean, again, I've made leaps and bounds and literally just because I have so many other things to worry about, I could be concerned with and that I want to do and build businesses and deal with owning a home and take care of my parents and be a good sister and, you know, be a good friend, be a good actress. (laughs) Like there's just so much other shit. Like it just doesn't have space to occupy, which is great. So it comes and then I'm like, oh, whatever. It's like, no, no, don't care. And then it's that also coupled with, I'm really trying to make it authentic where I'm not saying, but I ha- you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Do you do that self-talk? I mean, it's really that voice inside your head that like just fucks with you. Yeah. It's, you know, it's been, it's been a really long journey and it's, and it's like, I do try to talk to myself a lot and like, you know, remind myself that, you know, it's not actually my mom was the one that told this to me. She's like, you know, when I was, you know, bitching and moaning about how, like I've been working so hard on my diet. I've been yeah. working out so hard in the gym. <laughs> I've been doing everything. Yeah, I know doing, my body type. Yeah, I'm doing everything right. And it's like, but nothing is happening. And she's like, well, it didn't like, how long did it take you to get to the weight you are right now? She's like, it didn't happen overnight. She's like, if it took two years to put on, it's probably going to put like, take you just as long, if not longer, to take it off. She's like, just be patient and just like be tenacious. Mm-hmm. You know, just tenacity is the name of the game. It's like, it's a marathon, not a sprint for sure. And it's like, you know, and I was, I was doing the same thing to you as going to extremes where I'm like, I was on for a while, the, um, the ketogenic diet. And mm-hmm. it actually did work for me for a while. I had a dietitian and everything. Um, until she broke up with me, my dietitian. That's that's another story. <laughs> but, um, but it was one of these things where I didn't have a carb for like two and a half months. How months. do you do that? I I, can't. I I like was a crazy person. Like I I didn't have like I kept my my. We were allowed to have we calculate everything by net carbs. And like, I couldn't even have some vegetables because they were too too, too high in carbs. And it's like, not just like the potatoes, like the potatoes are straight out, which broke my Irish heart. But, um, but it was one of these things where I I couldn't do that. I couldn't have some leafy greens because like they had too many carbs and all that stuff. But I was, I was sick all the time. Cause it turns out that I, I think I'm allergic to like stevia. Okay. Or something else that's like the only sweetener that you're allowed to have on the See, diet. See, and this is like problematic. Yeah, and so I was like giving myself like what felt like ulcers on this on this diet, but you know, I was just driving my myself crazy on this diet, but I um <clears throat> I made myself a goal and like one of my things that I did with what you were talking about yesterday like uh, earlier about last week you were sick and you had to do a lot of self-care. Like I was beating myself up all the time that like I wasn't getting where I wanted to at like a certain time. Right. And so, uh, and I had been punishing myself because, um, I was always basically wearing the same clothes over and over again. The only ones that like 
I thought fit or made me like, or hid my shape or my body of like where I was at the time. And I was punishing myself like, you don't deserve new clothes. You're going to keep wearing these (laughs) shitty clothes until Until you you fit into something better, you bitch. Yeah. And And you have the clothes that you, like your goal clothes where you're like, like, oh, I'm going to say these. The clothes that I had from like 22 and I'm like, and I'm, I've been holding on to them like like a religious relic. Like I'm going to fit back into this dress if it's the last thing I do. And I I was like, and then I had to really realize that like, even if I did fit back into that fucking dress, it's out of style now. It's from like, it's like, it's from like five, six years ago. And it's like completely passe. (laughs) So I was, you know, killing myself and like holding on to these clothes and like this during this move I'm just like throw everything away. Get we were both shit. talking about we're texting each oh, other like oh my god this is just- I I just t- texted you completely in emojis like of like flames and boxes like I yeah. am in moving hell <laughs> just get rid of all of it. That gave me so much joy honestly I I didn't like that you're going through hell but it was such a feeling of of, of compassion and yeah. like togetherness. Yeah. But um but the way but the way I was doing a lot of self care was I'm like you know what. I need to feel cute mm-hmm. at my size that I am now. Yes. And so oh, I, yes. And so what I did was like, and this is like a big, you know, a big monetary budget. If you can hack it, do it. And like, this is for any other, you know, curvy ladies. If you can, you know, spend a hundred something bucks a month. I found that I started using Rent the Runway. Nice. Which is that, you know, the app where you can rent designer clothing. Yeah. And, um, and it basically, they go up to like size like, 18. I think some of like the fancy formal clothes, they can go up to like 20, mm-hmm. but I got the unlimited subscription, which means you can have three items of clothing at a time. You can hold on to them as long as you want, or you can wear them once and send them back. And there's a store, um, Topanga Canyon. That's Sweet. like, so it's like 12 miles up the road from, um, from the Valley. And, uh, and so I was like, I need to feel beautiful. Even if yeah. I don't feel great in my own skin, I yeah. can at least make myself look and feel presentable at whatever weight shape that I am, that I am at currently. this point. Yeah. And as I've been losing weight and, you know, feeling healthier and being fitter and like getting in better shape, like with my shoulder, with my knee, yeah. um, you know, I was wearing these cute clothes and people would like be like, you look really nice today. And right. it would make, and it would make me feel like, you know what? I do. I look really good today. Yeah. And it's like... And like you no, say thank you. Yeah. You just say like... And yeah. Cool. Thank you. And, and I'm telling you, and that's the whole thing. And the, the, the ironic thing with all of this, right? The body image thing is that as, as animals, as primal yeah. human beings, we want to feel attractive. It does matter. It does matter to have good upkeep and good totally. hygiene and, you know, makeup to accentuate what you have. It's, there's, it's all good and fun. And it's a spectrum. But I feel like there's definitely definitely a, a place where it gets very obsessive and very unhealthy and you're just beating you're mentally it really just starts on the inside where you're like nothing's ever good enough mm-hmm. and so even if you did reach that goal hypothetically so say that you did starve yourself which i did there were moments where like i would with refrain and withhold and restrict and just you know yeah. i can't eat that and i can't th- i just i literally didn't even last a week yeah. but that week was like a, a, a hellish week and maybe something i needed to go through mm-hmm. because i was like what is this for yeah. I'm literally unhappy yeah. and not enjoying life. And I've gone through d- way different waves with relationships and, you know, food and body images is a whole other own category. But there's, and work, you know, there's a lot of different ways where you're always just trying to find that balance of where do I feel good about myself? And that's honestly where I feel like it did change of 
honestly, I feel like my body caught up to my mind. To be honest, it sounds very hippie, but that's really what it was for me. And it, it really changed it. And I'll tell you this on a very biophysical level, because I'm a bio nerd and I study public health. I'm obsessed with anatomy. Um, and I use that knowledge, education to deal with like my body stuff. I do. Everyone has different body types. Like I have, I think I'm very sensitive to hormones, right? Like mm-hmm. birth control for women, like it drastically changed my body the way that it would respond to salt, to sugar, to everything mm-hmm. because you're putting hormones in your body. I don't care if it's low dosages. You're just like convincing your body that it's pregnant so that you don't get pregnant, right? Like yeah. birth control, whether you're taking that for acne or for sex or whatever, that's one thing, right? And literally we fluctuate by the week because we have cycles as women, right? Mm-hmm. So we're dealing with that. Second of all, like our bodies respond to stress. I have a very, like you said, a very active lifestyle. I'm constantly on the move, on the go, meeting people. I'm in stressful environments. I travel all the time. So my body's like bombarded with stress and I did not make relaxation a huge part of my routine or my life. Mm -hmm. So I'm just accumulating cortisol and cortisol. What does that do? It creates belly fat. Like that's the biggest, my biggest, you know, plague. I I just avoided swimsuits. I avoided the beach and things that I love because I didn't want to wear a swimsuit and that is related to stress. And then I'm stressing out about it. So, you know, totally you know, fixes the problem right there, right? <laughs> so, like, I'm learning more that, like, meditation actually is probably more important than the working out for me. Meditation and eating what I want in moderation. Just, like, not... I don't really drink sodas anymore, but I, I, I'll drink... I drink more now than I did before because I was so restrictive. I was like, I'm never drinking any sugary drinks. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, if it's there and it's hot and it's refreshing, I'll drink it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? Like oh, totally. finding that balance of like, I feel good in where I am now. I'm yeah. healthy. I'm doing this to take care of my body. Mm-hmm. And I love my body. I'm not doing this because I hate it. Yeah. I really think that like that mental state of and it takes time. And so I'm saying this just because I know that the struggle is very real. Oh, totally. And it really kills me. And, you know, I have a lot, I work with a lot of younger girls mm-hmm. and they're always commenting on each other and on me. And I know that they're, they're saying it to compliment, but it's revealing a lot more on the inside. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's, it's terrifying to me how old some of these little girls think yeah. and act yeah, and are to eat to one another. It's, it's. Yeah, it's like I, they're so. Some of them can be so cruel, and it's like I feel like we grew up in a really cruel time. Like yeah. every, everyone like has those teenage years where everyone like. Makes but now fun. they're growing up with Kendall and Kylie and Instagram. Yeah. And, oh my God. The, you know the social media for these kids are insane, and it's like, and that, that's why I am so glad that there are some you know body positive social media movements happening, and there right. there is like a discussion about you know different being like different not being bad. It's just different. It's yeah, like it's whether, just is like yeah. It's there. We're kind of we're going through a time where you know there's the Ashley Grams of like the modeling world, right. and like even Kate Upton who right. isn't like a size two. She's you know she's buxom and all this stuff. So it's like it's. I think it's nice having like and the Victoria's Secret. They're being more inclusive of like different ethnicities and like letting girls wear like their natural hair and like right. rocking like who they are as you know, honestly that's that's disrupting the entire fashion industry is Instagram and all of the Instagram online stores oh, totally. because they're because their branding and their marketing is so much more based on like real women. Mm-hmm. I was actually part of a nude underwear campaign. I love that, which ad. was bizarre okay. for me. I was like, I'm sorry, what you want me to what like? Yeah. No universe. I was part of 
have a nude underwear campaign where they made nude underwear in multiple shades. I think they had seven or nine shades yeah. at the time and expanding mm-hmm. to match more than just Caucasian or like lighter colored women is to include everybody yellow skin tones, which is mine. Um, and then it was it was awesome. And I just like, in what world am I an underwear model? But you know, it's like exactly what you said. Yeah. We're humans. Like we wear the clothes and we are the consumer. You know, yeah. there's no reason why we wouldn't be a model. Like why do you have to fit into this one definition and these sizes and this thing mm-hmm. to be successful? That's absolutely not true. And my my final thoughts on this for now, because I would love to have you back and talk more <laughs> about all the things. Yeah. But my final thoughts on the body image thing. Um, as we as we approach it very generally is the most attractive quality is true confidence it's not fake confidence mm-hmm. but it's like and that that shit you can't fake no. you can't fake realness you can't yeah. fake really feeling good in your skin mm-hmm. and so if you have you know just Whatever you're like, you don't look like Alessandra Ambrosio. She's like, I'll do it now. Okay, if you don't look like Gigi Hadid, yeah, you can still be absolutely fucking gorgeous, and yeah. you can absolutely be attractive and appealing and alluring and sexy, and you know, and we all want to just be appreciated. I feel like that's what it really is, and you yeah. don't need to conform. It's just a reminder to myself and to everybody. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's true. It's. I had a friend come in town once and they were always like, what should I pack? And I'm like, you know what? The beautiful thing about our city of Los Angeles in particular is like pretty much anything goes Mm -hmm. as long as you feel good about you. Yeah. And if you feel confident and positive about, you know, what you're wearing and who you are as a person, it's like girl, put on that long blonde wig or that little red page boy thing right. and just like, yeah, you know, rock it. go back to 12 year old you and just like live your life. It's- I mean, LA gets the rep and I think, but I think times are changing again. It, and I, I think that is the, I'm going to look at that as a silver lining with the millennial generation. I mean, we've grown in a different up in a different part of the Instagram world. There's definitely young people. Maybe they're not going to be as blinded by it. Maybe they'll grow up with a, a better sense of reality saying like, oh, these are Instagram models and that's not, yeah. You know, who knows what they're really thinking. They get paid to have that lifestyle. Exactly. And you don't know what they, you know, what procedures they don't have. And like, also there's mm-hmm. so many other women out there to admire. Right. And like, yeah. and men and trans and like so many different people. Yeah. And the definitions of beauties are vast. I mean, Malala just had her first day at Oxford University. Five five years ago, she was shot for, you know, speaking out about women's education, and she's having her first day of college. Get it, girl. Would love you, Malala. So there's more than, you know, know, as as good as body positivity is, it's all just more about self-positivity. Yes. And and you realizing that, you know, beauty on the outside is also, you know, feeling beautiful on the inside right. and like having the self-esteem and the, like you said, the confidence to go along with it. Right. So keep, keep working on that inside. It'll, it does wonders and you know, you'll glow from within. Mm-hmm. I don't care how cheesy that sounds, but it really <laughs> like, I've worked with so many people. I've met so many people. I've met some of the most physically beautiful people, but like the people I remember and that make an impression are just like the truly inward, outward, everything beautiful. And again, they come in all shapes and sizes. Totally. So do you boo. Yes. I love you, Kate. Thank you so much for sharing and speaking on everything. Okay, we're going to do a quick IMO segment. So we got a question from um, June, Mm -hmm. who is a gentleman who currently lives in Los Angeles. And his question was, uh, his, he wanted to get some advice on how do you introduce your parents to someone new that you're dating? 
Okay. <laughs> um, it's so funny because we were talking about it's apparently different for Asian. It's like a big deal when when the Asian culture you introduce. I mean, them. that's a big step. Like, oh, you introduced me to parents. Like, most of my friends lied in my generation, and they like never admitted they were dating. Oh, really? So the first for several of my friends, the first person that ever got introduced to their parents was the person they were like eventually going to get engaged to and married. Oh, so it's like that's like a huge. Okay, it's like a big deal. Like, I guess. I never had like as big of a problem with that. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty, I feel like I'm pretty open with my, with that's my, great with my family. That's um, great. I've been with the same person for like three plus years now, but I remember like, I, I also like the, the, the man that I'm with right now is like very loved and accepted in my family mm-hmm. because I have had terrible previous relationships where like I set the bar really low. Okay. Like, so then you're good. <laughs> so yeah, it's one of these things where I'm just like, Hey mom, dad, meet snake. He's from Australia. And you know, like look at his tattoo behind his neck. It's like, and they're just like, Oh my God, what is she doing? And was there like, any prep involved then? So if the bar is low, but you're like, it's, it's just someone new, right? And you want yeah. them to know that this person is important to me. Yeah. It's, it's did you the- prep Pat? Did you, did you give him any like um, lowdown on the family? A little bit, yeah. Like That's good. I um like it's funny because um our families are completely different. Like his parents are staying with me right now, actually in town, and like they're lovely, but we there's always like an ongoing joke between him and me that like our fathers are never allowed to meet. Because, uh, uh, and I, honestly, the, they probably, like, looking back, they'd probably be fine meeting each other. But it was, like, always this ongoing joke because they're politically very okay, okay. And, uh, and all, like, our moms will be great. But it's, but it's one of these things where he, when he first met my parents, like, m- my family were very extroverted. And we were always, like talking at you and my mom is like a very big like entertainer she's like let me get this for you like let's do stuff like let's plan all this stuff and like yeah, yeah, and his yeah. family's more like reserved they're more reserved and like they're they're okay with silences i guess okay okay her <laughs> mind's always just like noise yeah and um but like he had to i had to warn him like like if you need a break like just that's good just like go sit downstairs like over there i think that prep thing is like again no matter what the situation even like culturally yeah all that you gotta prep your partner you gotta you gotta prep all parties involved yeah i remember telling my parents before pat showed up i'm like i'm like okay dad just like i know you really love to talk about politics but like let's just tone it down let's just cool it for a second for like you know a few days you know he's going in like two days and then you can like talk to me about it it's yeah like, yeah yeah, just, yeah. Like, go off on me just about be, it look, be cool yeah be cool like, dad just like he starts like so what do you think about israel i'm like no 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 just no and like i remember can we not i just said to you actually the the when he met my boyfriend for the first time he was wearing a support israel shirt which is like hell i mean like i love our israeli comrades but i'm just like it was it's a very political shirt and he also has like all these other he's like i'm not gonna talk about it but i'm gonna wear it yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna wear my beliefs on my chest that's amazing like, great. your dad sounds like such a character he's you could have an entire podcast just on him he's insane see my dad is a character too but he's a very reserved 
conservative Christian military father. And so, but the thing is that I'm the like black sheep liberal rebel of like, I'm going to, I'm going to open you guys up. I'm going to make you normalize. I'm an American. So like we date in America and I'm going to, you know? So for me, and I also have a unique background because I lied so extensively. I had, I mean, I've, I've been open. I had a very bad abusive relationship when I was a teenager. Yeah. Which it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I actually really do want to like share bits of it and just talk about because I feel like it's a very important topic to not all feel so much shame about yeah. because it's very sensitive. But after that, you know, I really felt for a lot of different reasons like I don't want to lie to my parents anymore. Mm-hmm. So while my friends, I and I wasn't judging my friends, but they maintained their secrecy or just like there's my parents it's cool so yeah. they would date other guys and whatnot and they would just never bring them around to the family but for me i was just like look i done i done fucked up for a lot for like the rest of my days i can't lie to my family so i made it a point to introduce if i was dating somebody more than like a couple months i was like you guys should know that this is the person i'm spending time with yeah so my poor father has met several boyfriends at this point and i i feel bad because i never really prepped anybody mm-hmm I didn't do any of that. I feel very like silly. It just kind of threw them in the lion's den. Well, I think it's different, and it's different bet- be- between you know men, men and women. Like you know, you have a brother, and I. You have an older brother. I also have an older brother. Um, and my older brother, it's like I remember he's thirteen years older than I am, and I remember as a very little child, like just like a parade of different girls coming and going yeah. and like he, he'd have like a girlfriend for like six months and he'd have like a girlfriend for like two years and he'd have like, but then he'd be like dating all these women and it's like, it just seems so normal yeah. for like, and like, he, I guess he's like kind of like a serial monogamist and like yeah. he was, but there was always like, I think at one time there was three gens in a row and I just knew as long as <laughs> the like gen era. the gen era, um, that was from like age like nine <laughs> to like 14. Um, but no, it was one of these things where like, it was always like, so like, of course bring the girl to dinner. Like yeah, we're having, yeah. we're going to this concert. Like there's an extra ticket, like bring the girl with you. That's totally true. And I think my dad was really like, don't bring that. Like he reached a point. We actually got in where he was mean to one of my boyfriends and he's just like, don't bring them around unless you're like, they're serious. It. Yeah. Unless oh, wow. you guys are getting married. And honestly, from my, like uh, trying to understand, it's been a lifelong journey understanding my father, but I put myself in his shoes. And again, from coming from someone so conservative, he married my mom and him were the first person that each of them dated. Yeah. They didn't date. They just, he fell in love. He chose her and he was very Korean drama about it. He's like, you're my love and you're my wife. And then they got married later. Yeah. But, um, he was just, it hurt him. I think he saw me go through heartbreak many times. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, it wasn't him trying to, and this is me in my thirties now, you know, yeah. at the time I was like, what is wrong with you? How can you not support me? Yeah. And how can you just be so callous? And you know, I was just yeah. hating him. But as like learning about my father and learning more from my, what my mom tells me, I think it really did. He got invested in the guys. Oh yeah. He became buddies with them. He yeah. like would like, Hey, come here. We're taking a shot together. He always make my boyfriend's drink whiskey with him. 
them. So, you know, I think it it was equally, and I feel that. And I feel like if I saw that in my kid or even with my brother's girlfriend, like, I love Jenna. Like, why did you break up with her? And now I have to get acclimated to someone new. Like, stop it. I don't want to know anyone until it's the real thing. So I think it's just kind of be mindful. Like, you know, whoever is listening to this, you know your family the best. Mm -hmm. And you also know your partner the best. You are the bridge between these people. Yeah. You got to feel that out. I guess it's like... I guess my best advice is that it's like, this is like the one thing I found is I had a, an ex-boyfriend who was also very similar to yours where it was like, it wasn't necessarily super abusive, but it was like, I, I found myself making excuses in my mind and like, I lied to my parents. It's not that I lied. I omitted yeah. some things about him yeah. that I knew my parents would look unfavorably upon. Yeah. And it was one of these things where like he had a, he had a kid that he wasn't taking care of that like his mother, not the child's mother, like he as a grown adult man, his mother was taking care of the child. Okay. And like in a completely different country. Wow. Like like he was from, you know, another country and he was over here like, I don't know, just doing his own life or whatever. Yeah. But it's one of these things where, like, I guess I didn't find out about the kid for, like, a couple of weeks into the relationship, but when I found that, like, I was really in love with this guy and I was yeah. like, super serious about this guy and, like, I wanted to be with this guy and I, and I knew that if I told my parents that he had this kid that, like, he wasn't taken care of, it wasn't as if if he had a kid that it, he was, like, supporting, it would be a different thing. For sure. But it's, like, you, you find that, like, when you, if you realize that you're doing something that you normally wouldn't do with your family. Like if you're omitting things about the people or you feel like you have to lie to them about something about this person, like yeah. maybe it's not the best person for you. Right. <laughs> but it's, but yeah, like, and people I, have different relationships with yeah. their families, but also like those are all indicators, just things to think about, Yeah, you know, um, and, and be aware, like the more you get invested with somebody, the more that they're probably going to come up at some point. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I mean, introducing your, your new partner for the first time, it's kind of take things you got to assess, you know, are they welcoming? Is this something that's going to be a joyful occasion? Because that's what you want. And you're introducing and it's, you got to be sensitive. I mean, people get invested and they care about things and your family cares about you. I, you know, I, that's my assumption, yeah. always assuming the best and, you know, it can be nerve wracking, but it's, and, and if it is right and this, this new person is important to you, I think it's, you know, worth taking the time to be sensitive about it and be thoughtful about it. It's worth the effort. It's totally worth the effort and it goes a long way and just kind of making that transition or that intro smooth. Mm-hmm. I think it's just you're that you can't change a first impression. You know what I mean? No. My ex fell asleep at our Thanksgiving dinner. No. So I'm glad he felt so comfortable at our house. But what? I guess I guess your mama's turkey was real good. I mean, we all managed to stay awake. We all had the same. I don't know. Anyway. Oh my god. So fun times, and there's lots of stories. <laughs> but um, good luck to everybody who's you know. I think it's so exciting. Like, look at it as a fun thing. Like you're you like this person. You're into them and you get to introduce them and it's like it's a good thing so yeah enjoy thank you so much kate i love you so much hugs. i love you so much hugs hugs, hugs. Yeah. and um yeah where can people find out more about you if they want to like follow you do you want to share that uh i'm on instagram it's my name is spelled weird it's c-a-i-t bidwell like i bidwell on ebay b-i-d-w-e-l-l at yeah like and so that's pretty much that's both instagram and twitter i have a website also katebidwell.com you can look at her work 
Yeah. I need to watch your reel. I need to like, I need to redo the reel right now. Okay. I'm uh, I'm actually writing uh, a couple of shorts right now that I'm trying to get produced and get it girl, which we will talk about. And one of them is about a little pseudo about body positivity. So I'm so glad we talked about this today. Good. We're like promoting it before it was even, yeah, this is the universe working in all of our favors because we want to put good energy on the world. And that is the purpose of first of all is to like be real and like figure out the way that to make what we want happen. Um, so you guys can follow first of all on Instagram and Twitter at first of all pod, no cast at the end It's first of all pod. You can email me at first of all pod at gmail.com. And if you, uh, would please subscribe and review, leave a five star review. If you're enjoying this, thank you so much to the people who are leaving reviews and subscribing and, and giving those five stars. It means so much to me. I read them. They give me life. Um, the emails that I've gotten, thank you so much for writing in. It's great to know that, you know, this makes an impact that people listen and find value in it. It's great. And also, um, please support this channel on Patreon, maybe becoming a patron and uh, making this podcast grow with studio space, equipment, all the things. I want to grow this channel. And yeah, we'll be back next week, maybe even sooner. There's a lot to talk about. FYI, I will be talking about Harvey Weinstein, that mofo. Um, it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. There's so much to talk about. This is endless. So uh, we will have you back. Thank you to Marvin Yue, my audio producer, who helped me make this podcast possible. And thank you. We have a new song this week by Aquafina. Dude, Aquafina gives me life. I hope you guys enjoy this. This is the Yellow Ranger. She's incredible. I just rock this whenever I need to get a little sass back in my step. So, love to all of you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. I got this all up on my